Welcome everyone to the 101 episode of Pure Podcast. It is your host, Elias. So, for our lineup, and once again, before I even talk about the lineup, I'd like to thank Podmatch for giving me such fantastic guests. Without them, I'm not sure I'll be able to find guests this quickly, to be honest. So, I thank them. And check out below if you want to be a potential guest on my podcast. Alrighty then. So, for our primary politics, I had an interview with a conservative. Never conservative, someone who's in the right, right-leaning spe- spectrum. His name is Mr. Chris Russell. He is a podcaster. And he also has developed on um, his site. Yeah, he developed his site. So, good for him on that. And then for mid-game, which I've been providing much news for a while. I mean, there's not that much many. There's just not that many interesting news. We're going to talk about the dramas between this person and this person. Well, I don't do that. To me, that's ridiculous. You want me to talk about the... The G4 TV meltdown crap. Uh, I don't care. I, I just really don't care. I mean, that thing is so 20 years ago. Why, you know, that's the last relevance going to get in this podcast. So we have something about Microsoft CEOs argues that buying Activision Blizzard will help him build the metaverse. Interesting. Companies are buying each other out. Companies are buying each other out. All right. Interesting. I'm telling you, Game Monopoly is just beginning with these companies. So, uh, what do we have here? Rockstar GTA 6 is in development. Okay. It's going to be significantly more ambitious. So, I hope they execute the ambitious. Because they always say it's going to be more ambitious. By the time they execute it, it's crap. You know, I hate when people talk a great game but can't deliver. It really pisses me off. So don't gaslight your customers here, Rockstar. Just don't do that. You know, they get the backlash, you deserve it. I do praise this company for fighting SJWs. I don't know what their position is now, because some fires do weaken. That was years ago. You know, saying they only take constructive um, criticism and not um, unproductive comments. Good for them on that. That was years ago, so I don't know how they're doing there. So, and then Sony bought Bungie. That's the game company that made that Destiny game. That game I didn't like, to be honest. You know, if I had to pick between Destiny and... Warframe, I will definitely pick Warframe. Yeah, I'll definitely pick Warframe. So, that's all I can say about that. And then that's all we have for our mid game segment. That was the third and final item. Lastly, we're going to have the second and final part interview with Sebastian Shug when we went through. Next, you talked about various different things. Sadly, politics got in there. We talked about satire versus parody, where, where differences, 
his podcast career in quotes. He quoted, not me, I'm just going along with it. The DMCA law, you know, I didn't catch what you were saying at first. I had, to, I had to really pay attention to the podcast just to catch what he was saying there. And of course, social media censorship. That's funny. With these two guests, we talked about that. But the difference with this gets a third segment. And in the first one, the first one was all one parter. So you're going to get all the interview one shot with Chris Russell Wiles and Master Chuck. I divided into two because we talked, to be honest, over two hours. So I just think it was fair for you to do that. I want to dump everything right on you, right on y'all. If you want me to dump everything on y'all, just let me know and I'll change it. Nobody says anything. I'm going to go along. I'm going to just go along. Just assume that you, you agree with me. Okay. Alrighty, that is it. And we'll reach the first segment right after our usual sponsor. Anchor is a free podcasting app that is perfect for beginners. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast. Anchor will distribute your podcast so that it could be heard in other platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. That is A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M. I'm going to repeat. It is A-N. C H O R dot F M to get started. What are you waiting for? I've been doing this for about a year now. And if you really have the passion to start a podcast, you should do it. It's fun and easy. So before I start this interview, um, Chris Russell and I talked about multiple topics. We talk about the censorship, so it's going to be a little repetitive. With the context here, it's a little more political compared to the other. The other ones is more purely social, but they're they're kind of similar once you really take a step back and listen. Um, I do apologize for that repetition if you encounter it. We talked about that, and we talked about the um the alternatives to that. And, you know, there, there is hope. Facebook is crumbling. Netflix, well, not Netflix. Why am I talking about Netflix? That's another. That's another time. I'm talking about um the streaming services. Definitely talk about that. That's going to be the next. That's going to be a teaser for the second segment. For episode 102 about Netflix, how they're not doing so hot, they're not doing well. And we talked about Europe loosening restrictions. We talked about former President Trump fighting back against Letitia James, something that the mainstream media talked about. I ain't talking about to promote Trump. I just like to get both sides of the story. Mainstream media gives one, and for the other one, I gotta go talk other media. I mean, if the mainstream media is more responsible, they provide both sides of the, of the of the story. You know, instead of just pointing one side, oh, Letitia James is doing that, that loss and that loss. That's true. That's one piece of the truth, you know? So, 
And then we talked about the Supreme Court's decision with up, upholding the medical, the healthcare mandate, and how Brett Kavanaugh um, sided with the liberal judges. We also talked a good amount about the digital Bible, but how it was not as effective according to a study. I mean, look, you're welcome to disagree, give a listen, comment. You know, the, you don't you have your right to your opinion. I don't have to like it. You know. I don't just like, you know, you don't have to like my opinion. As long as you're having discussion and and a good debate on the screaming, I'm totally okay with that. So with that out of the way, let's roll it. Welcome everyone to Politically Entertaining with Evolving Randomness, or your shorter to here for short. I'm your host, Elias. I have here Mr. Chris Russell, and he's wearing a good amount of hats here. He hosts the Chris Russell Show. You know, that's uh, pretty self-explanatory. Just copy-paste the name of your head. It's type of show. And he also is the owner, C and CEO. Those are kind of different because owner, you can just... Have right a property, but you don't do much for CEOs. An active manager of the Daily Brief TDB.com. So that's it, and he makes it so much easier for me. I'm gonna expose myself right now. He's showing all the products right there. So this, you know, I have no excuse to mess it up right here. I'm like so many guests that I have to read my notes and awkwardly introduce them. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Nah, no problem. In my podcast, I try to represent many political sides, even the, even the ones that crawl under my skin personally. But, you know, that's if I don't do that, I'll be a hypocrite. I'll be no better than the pro-censorship communists that are exposed. I mean, showing their ugly head more and more, become more brazen about it. Let's talk. Let's. I'm gonna ask you this important question. I think this is more of a reminder. Why is it so important to uphold American values in the Constitution? Well, I think it's important to uphold American values in the Constitution because, one, we have one of the longest-standing republics under the Constitution of the United States of any other country in our time period. And and you look at France, you look at all of these other nations, they've, they've had several different constitutions over the years while the American constitution still stands. Secondly, I think that we have great values and we have great ideology and we're not perfect. I don't think we're perfect, so don't get me wrong, but I think we have great values and I think we have great ideology and we've been a bulwark and we have been a staple in the world for generations, literally generations. We have been allies, we have been friends, sometimes we have been enemies, we have taken on battles, maybe we should have, maybe we shouldn't have, but at the end of the day, I think that our laws, our constitution, and our framework is something that is a staple in the world, and I believe in uh, our time frame and our time period. So I think it's something. I, I think that's one one of in the main reason why we should uphold these values. And I think that they're great values to uphold. Uh, when you when you look at the American economy, we have a robust economy. 
okay we, we we just came out of a pandemic and it's a huge pandemic right we, we that all of these states were shut down uh, the entire nation the entire world was shut down and yet our economy is getting back going and it's i'm not saying that it's great but to what it would take to shut down the american economy i mean we're, we we are getting back to going and the machine is moving I think when you look at our American culture and our American society, I think we have such a diverse and wonderful culture. We have people from all groups around the world, all uh, racial and socioeconomic groups that can come to America, be part of this wonderful country, be accepted. And, you know, like I, like I said, we're not perfect. But, you know, I, I look at my wife, who is an immigrant, who is Latin American, and, you know, she loves this country. She loves what we stand for. She loves the values that we stand for. And, uh, you know, she is acclimated to this country, and it is something that has brought much joy to my heart, and I know to her heart. So th those are the reasons why. It's a good thing you mentioned the immigrant example, because sadly you say, People, some people on the left just love to just name call without any reasons. And if they do have a reason, it's skewed and distorted at best. They say, oh, you know, conservatives are racist and xenophobes. I know that's completely untrue. Because I know many friends across the aisle, both left, right, center, independent, Green Party, Pink Party, whatever party. Sure. <laughs> you know, and now that that's good. And I think they need a good reminder of, of that. Because when you throw attacks like that, you know, any is or any phobias, you know, it, it, it gets it gets ridiculous especially no proof i mean they even called you know they even say dave Chappelle have white privilege at one point they try to cancel it which is utterly ridiculous i said okay you know what and that's why i allow the stupid to keep on talking that's why i don't cancel the stupid because we have evidence to, to go against to go against them if you sent if you censored stupid for example you would not for example if you censored them in general they could just say oh i'm a victim or they could be a martyr you know, in a technological, accessible kind of sense. So, yeah, so that's all I have to say about that. I don't know, I was a, probably a little off, but it's a good thing that, that, that you mentioned that because the left, don't, don't get me wrong, my problem with the right wing is on different things, but, you know, I'm not going to get into that. So, when it comes to the freedom part, I generally lean more right because I think freedom is better. And I know what big government is like because New York City government is big and the state government even bigger yeah. i know yeah, I'm i against, know it's much, hmm? well, i was Go just ahead. gonna say yeah I'm, I'm you know i don't care yeah i'm against big government i don't care if it's republicans in i don't care if it's democrats in i'm against big government no matter who's in power i just don't think that there should be that much power given to any one party i don't care if it's the republicans or the democrats or independents or whatever that whatever party it may be taxpayer you know green party uh just just you know the, the the government works for the people and they don't need to be this giant behemoth that keeps on growing and growing and growing every single year they grow they grow they grow and it's it's we're we're seeing in our modern times it's getting out of control you know i think no that's definitely a fact and people who don't realize that i mean 
God help them. Let <laughs> me just be nice about that. Uh, man, so let, let me just read this poll for the Ramusen. Uh, interesting poll. I do go to I do go to that site from time to time. I think their analysis is more interesting than this stupid Quinnick Piac poll and these other college polls. You know, I call it the no life polls. Those are people who don't got a life. They just vote in there and they don't represent them. I, I I'm I, you know I'm not, I'm not for those polls. Call me a right winger, I'll be fine with that. Oh, yeah, oh, you lots of conservative. Um, you know, go ahead, I don't, I don't care. You call me, that's not gonna bother me. Um, you think what you want, you know, that's freedom. Absolutely. Do I like it? No, of course not, not all the time, but you know, that's freedom. And defending freedom is not always easy. You, you know, you even have to defend your fellow enemy. <laughs> Nobody can be canceled if you want to be more consistent with freedom. Or many people just like to use freedom conveniently. I mean, you heard about Whoopi Goldberg with her I, I did, WW2 and, comments. You heard about with the with the whole Whoopi Goldberg and uh, what what she had said, and now she's being uh, you know suspended from the View. Is, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, that one. Yeah, I I immediately came out and said I don't just over her statements, I personally don't think she should be suspended because I don't think anybody should be suspended over what they say. Uh, so I, I, I've got to have one stand. I believe in having one standard. So whatever that standard is that you have, it should be applicable to all cases, you know, across the board. So if you're saying, Hey, don't, don't censor conservatives. Well, then you should be saying when, because of whatever a conservative says, when a liberal, or a known Democrat comes out and says, well, this is what I believe. Well, then you shouldn't censor her simply because of her statements, even if you don't agree with them. Okay, that's 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 what freedom is, freedom of speech, right? And so I came, I, I said, if she's going to be suspended, it should be because, uh, it's, you know, the, the view, we're not getting the ratings with you. We're this, we're that. It should be job performance based or ratings based or applicable standards that they can apply to from the company to her and say, this is why we're suspending you or this is why we're gonna get rid of you or why we're gonna fire you. It should have nothing to do with what her views are and what she says. That's that's kind of where I'm at with that, you know, cause it's like, if it was a conservative on there and the conservative said something and the people were like, hey, I'm so offended by what you said. Well, too bad. You know, it's it's freedom of speech. <laughs> so. Yeah, well, no snowflakes get ready to melt. Uh, <laughs> you know, no, I've never been. You know, don't get me wrong. As a teenager, I understand you'll be the snowflake. You know, you go through hormone changes and all that. But if you're yeah. gonna be in your twenties and even your thirties and forties and sixty plus. You know, being pro cancer culture and just getting sensitive to anything that you don't like to hear. Oh, oh, just grow the hell up. Yep. And I think I think what it is is people are so we live in this trophy society where everybody gets a trophy, everybody's a winner. We don't offend anybody. And I'm okay with being offended. If somebody has a different viewpoint than me and they say that different viewpoint, okay, well we we differ. We just don't agree. And I'm okay with saying we can agree to disagree and still be friends, still be neighbors, still be civil. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with the abrasion and, and the, the crossing of different ideologies and saying, well, let me hear what you have to say and wanna hear what I have to say 
But what happens is a lot of times people like me would say, hey, listen, come on, hear what I have to say. And people are like, no, no, no way. Cause I'm gonna melt, I'm gonna melt, you know, I'm turn into a snowflake and freak out, you know? And it's like, well, why? You know, this is what makes this country great is different ideologies. The back and forth of debate and democracy, right? That's what democracy is, right? Is, is we can we can all come together and, and have these clashes of ideas and, and be people, be humans still. So, uh, you know, it's kind of what I believe. <laughs> no, that's a good belief and that's something very admirable. That's that's one of the things that actually made me a center left person in the beginning when I started politics as a teenager because I said, I actually agree that as I got older, I said, you know, not everything's about my feelings. You know, eventually I'm going to have to tough it out and thank goodness I did. Thank God I overcame um, depression, you know, because depression, don't forget it. I would have been just like those snowflakes that you told. I would have been definitely, I would, you could fit me in perfectly that category. It's just clicking now, but now it's just it's so hard to get in there. It's like, no, I learned to toughen up. You know, you have to, you know, what happened to tolerance? You know, that's preached from one side of the aisle. Mm, they don't practice what they preach. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. You talk about diverse, you know, diverse opinions, you know. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I'm sure some of my listeners can say, oh my goodness, these turns are right wings. And no, I'm just, this is this has been my position. I think you're articulating it better for me, really. Let me go to this Ramuson poll because I'm really kind of drifting off a bit. I blame me for that. I go all over the place. Yeah, poll saying which is better, and I'm just going to paraphrase it for the owners of social media like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever, wherever social media we're putting there. Let me see. And yeah, they, they have two choices to regulate posts, not to offend those snowflakes, or just allow free speech you know, to flow without any interference. Yeah, 51% say no, which that's scary because by next, I don't know, a month, months, or even a year, that's going to shift to pro- probably not even the majority. It's not going to hold the majority. Maybe that yes would jump up by 2 or 3%, and that's just me being conservative in my estimation, right. and that maybe that unsure, maybe the unsure is a move to yes, and 35% say yes, scary, and 14% is unsure. What are you unsure about those fourteen percent? That's what I wonder. How don't even have that as an option. <laughs> and that's one of that's one of the things that when when you look at this poll and you see that fifty one percent, only fifty one percent are against censorship. That they actively say, "I'm against censorship of, you know, uh, on social media platforms." Why is that number not higher across the board? I mean, we're talking about freedom of speech here. And we're not talking about, you know, speech that is not guaranteed by law. Like, obviously, there's there's certain speech that is not guaranteed by law. If you're threatening someone, you know, if it, obviously that's not guaranteed by law. That's not free speech. You can't do that. You know, uh, you, you can't defame somebody. Uh, that's the Supreme Court has always upheld that defamation is not. Well, somewhat they upheld it. You know, they actually did rule in a court case many years ago that if you don't know that you're defaming somebody, then then it's permissible or it's permissible by news companies, which I think is terrible. And most people don't know that. As a matter of fact, I'm, I'm a, like an amateur student of Antonin Scalia. I use, I, I've read a lot of his cases. And that's one of the things that he really dissented on is that uh, 
uh, you know, is that particular case. But, you know, when, when you're talking about just censoring because it goes against the ideological grain of whatever, whoever's at the helm of that con- company or whoever is doing the fact checking, well, that's that's not freedom. That's not democracy. And, you know, in my opinion, that's not right because people, people should be able to go onto those platforms and, and express themselves. And I think what's happening is we're seeing actually come into the psyche of the American people that is starting to win some people over that it's okay to censor people because they have a different ideological bent. And that's not right. I I wouldn't be okay with censoring Democrats. I won't be okay with censoring Republicans. And I will not be okay with censoring any kind of political idea. You know, it is as repugnant as that ideology, ideology or that political idea might be, I'm not okay with censoring. Uh, people should be able to express and and people should be able to decide which way they want to go you know and so it we we lose ourselves there's something we lose in our country and in our democracy when we begin to let big tech and things like that take over i think yeah no we definitely need big change with we need a huge i mean if you want to use i'm gonna use the word systemic sweeping changes with big tech they have way too much power Absolutely. And they are controlling. They're controlling speech. Hey, they should. I, one of my opinions was maybe um, change it to a more like a public utility company in a sense, so they got more regulation on on it, so they won't do that. But then again, that's given it to the government, and the government's pro censorship, or maybe break break them up or something, or maybe just have age restrictions. What one Republican I talked to talked about more age restrictions, which that's an interesting idea to say the least. I don't know if I agree or disagree. Yeah, that's one of the few times. That I'm gonna put on shore. I'll be one of the few I'll put on shore, but a lot of it's more of a yes or no for for me. And and to continue that, to continue that, of fifty-seven percent of self-identified Democrats say that they approve blacklisting of opposing ideas or oppositional political rivals. Yep. They're communists. Fifty-seven <laughs> percent. That's communism, right? Right. They're communists. I don't care. You know, you know, I'm even tempted to say that they should have, you know, get a taste of their own medicine, but I will be a hypocrite to push that. And I'm you know, too aware to push that. Anything you want to add to that? Yeah, I, I the, in the fact that 57 percent in this Rasmussen poll of Democrats, self-identified Democrats are OK with, as it says, and we put in uh, the article there, we put the link to the uh, Rasmussen poll so people can look at it. But um, I, I'm big on being able to get the information to people, you know, like, hey, look at it yourself. You judge, you know, so we're not we're not trying to pull the wool over anybody's eyes, you know, let people judge for themselves and see. But 57 percent of Democrats is like, aren't Democrats supposed to be wanting democracy and wanting freedom? And I think maybe they've gotten away from that if that was ever really what they wanted. I, 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 I'm not saying it's not, and I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying, isn't that what they're supposed to be about? Isn't that what they claim to be about? But yet you're okay with censoring an opposing political view simply because, and as the, the study said, because it's offensive. Well, sometimes ideas are offensive. <laughs> sometimes views are offensive. You know, and I, me personally, like I said, we said at the beginning, I said, I'm okay with that. I'm okay. Like, you know, I just chalk it off and say, hey, you know what? We have differing views. It's cool. 
you know, we'll just agree to disagree and we'll hopefully still be friends, you know? And I've, I've, I've said, I've said often, I've never lost a friend or someone that I know because of a differing political view. I've never left that person because they, they have a differing political view or because we've argued. Now, uh, sadly, I can say that people have left me, but I've never left them. They're, they're always still there because I believe in freedom. I believe in democracy. I believe in our constitutional rights, in the democratic process. And I, I hope that one day more Americans will step up and believe in that process. Yeah, no, no I could actually, I could second that because people have left me. Was I sad about it? I have to say, I may sound cold. I'm going to say no because you just proved to me you wasn't a friend of me to begin with. So I got rid of the the fakers sure you know um, you know i don't want to sound like the former president the haters you know <laughs> you, you know eh. but, but i do have to say when you said earlier that 14 percent, who's that 14 percent that's undecided it's like in in the poll they don't know which way they're gonna swing you know it's like either you're for censorship you're against it it's, it's like which way you swinging here and which way you going <laughs> I don't know, the Rasmussen, I think that was an error on their part. I have to be honest. I would not have that as an option. This is a this is pretty easy. Sure. You know, and these people must be living on the rock. I, I don't know, to, to be honest. Even the yes people, as as flawed as their opinion is, at least they are more a little more informed than the 14%. You must be living on the sure. rock. And to counter this, and thank God for the free market here, see there's a solution right there. Um, there's Rumble, Getter, and the one that I've mentioned because I listened to this YouTuber recently called The Quartering. He promotes Gilded because Gilded is more of a more free speech-ish version compared to um, Discord. Discord, yeah, Discord is SJW mess for the most part. Um, I've joined it. I didn't like it. I, I took down my account. And it wasn't worth it. Um, so I'm going to promote something that I don't believe in. This doesn't, make, doesn't make any sense. And Gap, how's how's um Gap doing? Because yeah, I hear a lot about it. Yeah, Gab is actually pretty good. So, uh, Gab is pretty good. Uh, Parlor is not doing as good as as we would have hoped. Redder is, is or Getter, I'm sorry, um, is is pretty good. But Gab, I think Gab is great. Although I did get, uh, I have heard and myself uh, being banned from certain groups and certain things. Uh, which, you know, got to call them out because, you know, it's supposed to be groups that are where you can have the free flow of ideas. And the moment one of their ideas is challenged, apparently you're, you're gone. So I don't agree with that. But Gab has gained a lot of traction. They're getting a lot of following. I mean, there's literally millions of people that are going to Gab now. And we've seen that, you know, with with people that are leaving Facebook. So the reports came out that Facebook is starting to drop in its market value and they're losing, they're bleeding millions of users uh, from this time last year until now. It, it's an incredible, incredible uh, downpour of just people just exiting Facebook and exiting Twitter and exiting these other places and losing market value and market share. So I think that's how this is going to be won is through stuff like this where people are saying you know what i've had enough where's the alternative okay the alternative is getter the alternative is gab the alternative is whatever you like 
and then going to that alternative and saying, I'm not going to spend any more money over here. I'm not going to be on this platform. I'm deleting my profile. I'm done, you know, and showing them because I think where it's going to hurt a lot of the big tech, uh, where they're going to start to see it is when they start to see it in their pocketbooks. Because that's what a lot of these people, you know, these big tech giants and the, and the people, the corporate elites and the big tech giants, that's what they're worshiping is they're, oh, well, we're, they're worshiping money. You know, they're worshiping, worshiping this ideological bent. And it's like, well, let's hit them where it hurts. You know, let's take away their profit. <laughs> and so be honest, I'm not going to miss Facebook, even Twitter, Instagram. You know, all of these I've played, or, or even YouTube. I'm not sure there's been a good YouTube alternative except for, I'm not sure, Vimeo? What, um... I think Rumble's a better one uh, for an alternative to YouTube, but it, it definitely is not the stature or the behemoth that YouTube is right now. But I think it's a better alternative because, you know, with Vimeo, obviously you have to pay. With Rumble, you don't have to pay. And uh, with Rumble, I, I wish they would get their search platform better. So when you're going in and searching for something, it's a, you might not get even close to what you were searching for. So uh, I think they could work on some of that stuff. But I think Rumble is probably a better alternative uh, to, to YouTube. But it's not quite there yet. It's got to get the bugs worked out of it. <laughs> no, I mean, I think that's how all products start. I mean, YouTube was like that at one point. What year were you going here? This was my high school, 2005. Yeah, I remember when it was infancy. All virtually all the videos was homemade. You could tell with the poor choppy quality sure. and all that with these limited options and some bugs here and there and all that stuff. So I, I just think each product goes to that phase. And it was like a it's like a baby. It's growing up. You know, we gotta polish on you know, the baby's flaws. You know, stop crying. Know how to talk. You know, articulate. You know, I that's that's my uh, analogy for that. No, so I'm happy that these things are popping up, and thank God I have to say because more options better. Because for a long time, YouTube's been very comfortable, and look what it's done and faithful. It's been a good amount of social medias. I remember the MySpace and all of that. I don't know show my age too much there but <laughs> i remember myspace was all artsy and all that actually like that's like way better than facebook and i reject facebook even when i when start getting poppers us this is ugly i can't even design the, i can't even design i can't even customize it look at that people are so sensitive myspace myspace was out there i mean i mean it was out there even where i even say right when people would skirmish I don't agree with it, with the, the anti-God, blood and gore gifts. You see the eye come right out of the eye socket. I mean, gross stuff, very bloody stuff. But, you know, I, I was a teenager. I was a mess at that time. So enjoy it. But thank God I'm insane. Because now when I see that, I don't even enjoy it. So that's how I know. Because if you still if you still say you're with the Lord, but yet you enjoy that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you, you're just safe. You're not, you know going towards you just saved that dust um and then at worst you're fake that that's that's uh fake well, let's see what else do i got here i don't i could go on and on with um social social media but part but parlor let's let's just make sure these products do not suffer the same fate as parlor because sure and that's what yeah. we have to and have my people just go there go there stop giving the power to youtube and 
Facebook, Instagram, and that Twitter. Oh, oh, and that Twitter. Oh, Twitter is so opposite. Any different opinion, thousands of people see that tweet that they hate. Oh, they're gonna they're gonna attack you. They're gonna attack you in droves. No, 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 no. That one person, that one coward. He's not. He's he or she's not gonna challenge you. It's gonna have he or she and thousands of other people attack you. And then, it, of it, course, ban, try to ban you. That's the ultimate goal. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't amaze me on, on social media platform the the trolls you know that troll and, and attack you for whatever reason you know and and uh you know one of the things that we have is we have a store as well our, our store and we sell commemoratives we sell patriotic apparel these types of things and i can't just because we sell shirts that have the american flag and different stuff like that and we've posted certain things on twitter and different stuff i can't tell you the people that have literally attacked and just down you know just i I mean it's vile the things that they say and it's like dude like we're just trying to sell patriotic apparel here we're just trying to sell a shirt that's in the shape you know that's got the the, the design of an american flag or something to to represent the country that we love you know I, i love this country care about this country i want to see this country prosper but and i mean it's just one thing i had i had a guy the other day that on facebook that posted one thing after the other uh, other it was like 20 something posts uh just talking trash and saying profanities and and it's like i don't don't get it i don't get it you know it's like why 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 do you attack people like this it's like i put so much energy these attackers i mean well, do you, do you just real? I mean, if they have a an ounce of self awareness, they'll just realize how stupid, how bad they look just by posting that. I mean, if you're not feeding them, you're doing a great job. That's what I have to say. And because you're not gonna engage yeah. Yeah. with. I don't want to say that you know you're not gonna engage with super long biblical passage worth of insults and personal attacks. Yeah, no, I mean, I've been attacked in social media, especially being an independent. I've been attacked from both sides of the aisle. And, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to, you know, with both the left and the right, one called, one even said I was a BLM activist from, from the right. So, uh, well, if you want to believe that, like I said, the same rule, it's up to you. And wow. this, this person, yeah, this person was like, oh, Sadly, a right-wing conspiracy theorist kind of person. I hate to enforce that stereotype, but I encounter that. And this person is so pro-police. So, so you okay with a police cracking a person's head open, criminal or not? I said no. That's when you're wrong. That's police abusing their power. I said generally, I am for police. Nine out of ten times, I am for police because, like we discussed before, the vast majority. I'm gonna repeat it again. For those who are hard-headed or hard of hearing, vast majority of police officers are great people. Sure. Okay? Just because one bad apple. Yeah. Or two, rarely. Sure. I agree. You know, yeah, in the media, that's all they need. They did that one blemish. They're scanning for blemish. Mm-hmm. Oh, we got it. Explore. And I, I will have to blame the mainstream media for that irresponsible narrative that police are bad people, they are criminals with badges. Well, that's me being a little creative with that. I 
nails it. I mean, it, it's just, it's so irresponsible. It did a lot of damage to, not surprising, this city, which doesn't take the genius to put two and two together. It just takes breathing in, breathing out, let all the basic facts come together. This is not me trying to be a genius here. It's just... I don't like using this word a lot because I think it's very rare now. Common sense. I use basic sense because it's so rare common sense. I try not to use that word. I use it to try to bridge my original idea, my original revision of that. I just say basic sense. It's just to take basic sense. And maybe that's going to come irrelevant because basic sense is going to say, oh, police are bad. No, that's scary. If that becomes a basic sense, that, that's just, just be an anarchist. Well, just, just be an anarchist, be anti-police, anti-government, anti-bank, anti-whatever. Just let, just let the society burn, crumble, and just be completely leveled. But smoke, ash, and rot, death, destruction, all of that. All right, well, we got some good news with these restrictions. I hate saying uh, the virus's name, but we both know what we're talking about here. I mean, UK has lift most of their restrictions. Denmark, Sweden's even joined. I'm surprised on that because I got arguments with a socialist idiot there on Facebook promoting socialism. He worshiped Jack Dorsey. I said, why are you worshiping Jack Dorsey? You know you don't care about you, right? You just hope his bottom line. He doesn't care about me either, by the way. You know, I'm not, I'm not that special or anything, but you need to realize that. Sure. Um, you know, and I, I could go on. I already talked about that in my previous episode about how we got into spat. I shut him up. He said, oh, there's no, there's no hate accounts. This in Twitter. Oh, yes, there is. The Taliban still got their account. Oh, the people who were attacked. You don't call that hate? They have a distorted view of, of, um, of what hate and constructive criticism is. But I digress. I mean, do you consider that good news in general about UK, Denmark, Sweden, and either Netherlands lifting? I want to be careful. I don't want to say all restrictions, but I'll say most restrictions. Yeah. I'm not including France, even though it's listed there, because I just think he still wants to, <laughs> Emmanuel Macron, un, you know, yeah. stupidly wants to continue to make the unvaccinated his enemies. Sure, sure. Yeah, I think, I personally think it's it's great news. I think people need to get back to having a semblance of freedom. You know, I don't think that people in the UK, that their grandfathers and great-grandfathers fought and died so that we have to show papers there or here to an authority to go to a restaurant or to live our lives. I mean, that's, that's literally nazi fascism in my book and i think it's a great thing to lift the restrictions on you know the thing and i i think it's a great thing to get back to the idea of living you know especially when you look at the the when you look at the morbidity rate and when you look at my wife worked in a unit for you know the thing and i want to be careful about what i say because i i've gotten censored myself and uh, fought it but, you know, with, with U.S. Code, you know, Title 47, Section 230, which gives certain bi big tech companies the power to do what they do and have no, there's no reprisal in the courts unless uh, there's a change to that law. So, um, but I, uh, I think it's a great thing. I think it's a great thing for freedom to prevail, no matter where it is, whether it's across the ocean or whether it's here at home. Freedom needs to prevail. Democracy needs to prevail. And so I, I'm always for that. I'm never for, no matter what the circumstance, losing your rights and your freedom. I am never for that. And I will probably never be for that. I, there's nothing that can, in this world that can change my mind. 
that that it says it's okay for you to lose your freedom no matter what the situation i mean to be uh an extreme if sad, if sad this man's name is escaping my head shame on my part give me liberty or give me death that's a that's you know i'm just gonna and you know what? At first, I used to be chicken. So I don't know that the government gets way, but with these restrictions, I have flipped completely opposite because a good portion of these restrictions were anti-scientific. And that's the thing too is like it's you know, like, they say you know, all the science, the science. And Dr. Fauci de- declares those Dr. Science very egotistical, by the way. But yeah, keep going. And that's the thing too is I would see people that you know are fully have the you know the thing and all of that and then they would they would come to me and they would say hey they would say don't don't you we we still have to you know wear the mask we still have to wait i was at the pool the other day okay so a couple days ago me and my wife were at the pool uh, at our community center and this couple comes in they're wearing a full face shield goggles no joke goggles face shield and they get in the water and they're swimming with a face shield my wife looks at me and she's got our daughter and she goes did they have a face shield in the water i said well i said man i said those are the people that are they're they're, they've they've had both doses they've had the booster and it's like listen if it works man then live man get back to the living get back to the living you know, and I, I, I just don't get it. I don't get it. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't get it. I'll get off on a rabbit trail and we'll go for hours. I just don't get it. <laughs> you know? No, I'm, and sadly, I sympathize with you there. I mean, in New York City, I've seen many drivers, windows locked, alone, mask on. I mean, the fear, and I will have to blame the mainstream media, they have perpetuated this fear as if this thing is the next Spanish flu. Especially in the beginning with the death rate. Oh, thousands, especially oh, in the beginning, New, New York City did really, really bad. I mean, it was 900 to 1,000 dying per day in April 2020. It's, it's, it, it was, it was bad. It was really, really bad. It was really, really, really bad. And it was even joggers, lots of joggers jogging with the mask and I even try it so just to prove my point I couldn't do it for no more than three seconds I said no 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 first of all I need to breathe this doesn't make sense and I jog at the you know I jog and one person tell me wear the mask and to be honest well I I responded very ungodly I just gave him the middle finger so don't tell me what to do with the mask I was really pissed don't tell, don't tell me what to do with the mask. I was really stressed out. Not to give an excuse. Not to, not to sure. give an excuse. But I, was, I was really stressed out trying to jog. My anxieties. And all that off. And now I'm going to have some guy tell me to wear the mask. I gave him the middle finger. I kept jogging without it. And I tried jogging for three seconds. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Doesn't make sense. And, and that's the thing too is, is, you know, you're in an open air environment. You're not around anybody. Okay, you know, we already know that your your chances of getting it, that's why we have the social distancing, the entire, you know, the six feet apart stuff, right? That's why they, they have that is because obviously if you're more than six feet apart, 
you you know that your your chances of getting it are very diminished i mean next to none zero just about you know statistically looking at it obviously you have to be in close quarters close contact with other people and somebody either carrying or having it in order to get it and so we we saw the same thing we'd see people go out and they're jogging and they and they've got it on or they've got double i i've seen people with double i've seen people over the summer with double they had double we saw one couple that lives near us uh you know nice people talked to them before you know i try to but they they had a face shield no joke a face shield and double mask and they're walking down the street in the open air and we're just like it's like all right you know i mean that's what they want to do we'll just leave it didn't say anything uh you know but it just baffles me no i no, i have seen i mean go to new york city you'll find a lot especially the the um manhattan area oh uh, even and i am not kidding triple mask Tri- oh one of them just it looked like it was wearing a a ski mask combined with a hijab even that's how much covering this person has and you know what just for my you know looking out for my mental health i just move away from that person because i know i will have a lot to say and i don't want to get nervous around because i just moved away somewhere where there's nobody and i took a nap so i'm not gonna uh, i i'm just not gonna entertain the, the dark side of my mind with that nonsense so yeah it's it's ridiculous don't get me wrong it, this thing is dangerous for certain people of course it is i mean that's why it has the, the death toll so she among elders with and i'm gonna emphasize the word if because i don't want it to seem like a ages here you know with with medical health conditions that are very optimal for this virus asthma some people keep um denying obesity which i disagree with that i think obesity has a good deal of a managed death so i mean this country we are very unhealthy that's why we have a lot of deaths absolutely we are unhealthy in this country and it's something that people need to change and i Um, I, myself included sure sure yeah and i think i think you know i think it's something that it could definitely be worked on and and you know i think that's why people are so panicked uh, and we're so panicked is because people know that they're unhealthy. There's a lot of unhealthy people. And, and, and I'm not the epitome of health myself. I mean, I could definitely do a lot better, a lot better. Um, but, you know, whether you are or you aren't, you know, it doesn't negate the fact that we can't lose our freedoms over some of these choices that, that we had the freedom to make and can have the freedom to change. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, this, that's just, yeah, it, we have the, we are living through, if I'm a little more optimistic, interesting times, if I'm cynical, we live in crazy times. Uh, <laughs> oof, man, I mean, this is gonna, I know this is gonna be written down, documented in a certain way, and future generations gonna look, what the hell is wrong with these people? They're gonna look back on them. So, you know, they're gonna look back on it. I think this is a failed. I mean, the lockies restrictions haven't done much to lower the death rate in you know California and New York City particularly. I can't speak for up. I don't speak for upstate because they definitely were more freer. The more smaller city suburban areas in New York, they were definitely more more lax compared to New York City. New York City was the epitome of restriction, and I experienced that. 
but some businesses don't care, and I'm not gonna snitch on them because I want them to continue running. They don't they don't follow the whole show me the vaccine passport thing. They don't. Right. And good for them. They care about their profit. They, they know why they start business. They didn't start business to enforce unscientific nonsense. Sure. Yeah, so that's all I gotta say about that. So you want anything you wanna add before we move on? No, no. Yeah. Good. So Let's talk about what the mainstream media has not talked about. Most likely it's going to be brief. I don't much to add because I'm sure me and you are aware we, we, we have a very good sense of how mainstream media um, reports some things. Former President Trump has filed a lawsuit against Letitia James. Obviously, no mainstream media has reported that. It's always Letitia James is filing this report investigating this on Trump. It's the other way around with five extra layers. Right, yeah, and and... The reason that, um, you know, obviously Letitia James is coming against uh, President Trump and he's coming against she's coming against all of his cabinet members that were cabinet members. And and the thing is, is that, you know, you've had the investigation from the FBI and the whole January 6th case. Right. You've had uh, his Trump tax returns that have been out. Oh, uh, re- um, excuse me, released to the Senate committee. Uh, we, we've had all of these years of investigation where they've invested, while he was in office, they were investigating him. They've, as of yet, found no violation, no breaking of law. And I'm not even here to defend Trump. I'm not, that's not even my goal. I'm not trying to defend Trump. I'm just simply saying that is that with the investigation that has been going on for several years now, and, and with literally zero to show for it obviously he hasn't been brought up on charges and you know this is according to a new york times lawyer that wrote in the complaint her mission seems to be solely guided uh excuse me i'm sorry uh yeah the new york times released it originally and then the trump lawyers wrote in the complaint that his her mission seems to be solely guided by political stature by policy by politics and there seems to be this desire to harass intimidate and retaliate against uh president trump who is not in office okay there's no this is not some huge conspiracy that he's actually in office and you know there's a there's actually just a studio prop somewhere with Biden in it or whatever people are believing, the nonsense that people are believing. Trump's not in office. He's gone. He's done. He's out of office. Okay. You know, and whether we like it or not, Biden's in office. He's a private citizen and they just keep going after him. And so, you know, it seems like they're trying to get a, a, a grand di- uh, an indictment upon him so that they can, they can have a grand jury and then find something on him in his statements is what it's looking like. And so I think this is just ridiculous. And you don't hear a lot of the mainstream media talking about this, that he's filed a, a lawsuit against Letitia James, uh, Letita James, I'm sorry. And, uh, you know, you, do, you just don't hear a lot about it. And so you know, it's obviously one of the stories that we wanted to bring is we, we try to bring what you're not really hearing in the mainstream media to keep people informed about what is really going on. And, and you see in this investigation with Latita James, she's gone after all of his cabinet members. So she's going individually 
and and going after each of these cabinet members that were in his cabinet well well i i thought this was supposed to be focused on trump and and on him and not on his surrounding you know i guess gang you could say or however you want to term it or phrase it or or whatever but uh you know i i I think it's just it just doesn't look good it's got got some stench to it in my opinion all right and I'm sure someone's going to get caught with something because some, I'm just going to be very clear, brutally honest. Some of the cabinet members he had were not, I would say, great people morally, even some legally. And 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 if they don't get caught, I'm sure the associates did something shady and able to tie it. And I'm, I'm sure she's going to score some points, but she wants the big golden fish and that's Trump. And the way the odds are going, I think he's going to... He's gonna survive it. Yeah. And look, I'm not even the biggest Trump fan, but I just think he's gonna survive it. You know how many stuff's been thrown at him? Yeah, and and the thing is And most like, you just gotta cough out just some money, that's it. Sure. And and, and the thing is, is is you know, after this many years, if there was something there, I think that they would have found it. You know. I, I really do. I, I I mean you're talking a full investigation that while he was in office that was going on. Okay, so they had four years of an of investigor, investigation. They've had two years of this particular investigation with Latita James. I believe it's about two or three years uh, that with that particular investigation there. And you know, there's been numerous court documents. There's been his tax returns. There's been investigation into his company. There's been investigation into the people surrounding him. Okay, and it's like if there's something there. They would find it. I, 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 you can't investigate something or someone for five, six, seven, eight years and not find a single trace of something. And it's like, this is when it gets into the point, and I, I see their point where it gets into, well, this is starting to look more political than it is uh, legal in its framework. And so it's like, you know, Pierre, get off the pot. If you have something, bring it forward and show it and you know move move the case forward if not two years should be enough (laughs) you know (laughs) it seems like for a prosecutor ironically one of the former lawyer michael avenatti ooh, they got him on some big stuff and those and those charges are stacking up they're stacking up california got him some new york not so long ago he could fight for appeal all you want, but you ain't gonna repeal all of that. You're gonna deal with some jail time one way or another, and you screw his client all over. And I always, by thank God, it's my intuition. This guy is no good. Mainstream media could prop all they want, but I knew when the news goes, so how do you know? It's called, first of all, I really pay attention. I listen to God. Oh, if you wanna call him mentally ill, go, go right ahead, atheist. Go. Oh, I'm not going to hear you, but don't worry. Leave in the comments. I'll read it and laugh at you. Uh, and I mean, I, I could go, go along, be all tough and stuff. And sometimes it gets counterproductive. But, you know, some people that's went after him, they got into trouble. I mean, sometimes the one that barks and preaches the loudest are actually the criminals. Yeah, absolutely. And it's popped up. Michael Avenatti's a big example right now. Well, and then, of course, the former governor of New York, 
Sally, my former governor, Andrew Cuomo, even though he resigned over the whole sexual harassment thing, I think he should have got arrested for how he handled the thing lockdown. He, he essentially killed over 10,000 elderly in nursing homes and all that with his, with his mismanagement. But who am I? I'm just some guy ranting on the mic. That's all I gotta say about that. Um, so let's move to yeah, that Supreme Court upholding the healthcare worker mandate, and sadly, it narrowly passes the pass through. Not passes as as it was in process. Already, it's already a done deal. Radcliffe Kavanaugh, interestingly, in the middle of the road, a moderate right. Even though the Democrats have persecuted him as if he was far right. Um, um, ju- um, justice um, and then there's John Roberts who was an establishment right wing he, they sided with the three left leaning judges on that of course the rest dissented I'm not going to mention their names um, you know I, I just want to just feel a little generous Sam, I know Samuel Alito you know, Gorsuch Amy Coney Barrett and yeah, Thomas Clarence yeah, those are the four dissent the rest are and let me name the Three, Stephen Breyer, Elena Kagan, and Sonia Sotomayor, they supported this with Brett Kavanaugh and John Roberts. That's the yeah. fact. And the, th- the thing about this is, is that with the business mandates, right, part of what they based their decision off for the business mandates was not passing it was the, the commerce clause. Okay. They, they, they based it on that the, the, the power of Congress to regulate commerce there's no law that mandates that or that gives the president the power to mandate this particular thing the you know the you know the thing the jab on all americans but when they went to the health care mandate and this is where it, it it got me here is that they didn't base it off of the constitution their decision they didn't base it off of a commerce clause or the, anything else what they based it off of, their sole decision, was that a physician's oath to do no harm. And while that's a great oath, but it's not a constitutional mandate. And so therefore, they let a mandate from the president based on the same grounds that it, it, it's going to affect all of these facilities, these healthcare facilities, simply because they take money from the federal government. Now, man, now mind you, the, the federal government, the Congress has not enacted a law. The legislature, the, the body of legislatures in the government have not enacted a law. They have not made a law. And so therefore, I don't think that it should have been approved on that grounds because it does not align with the Commerce Clause. It does not align with the Constitution of the United States. And so it, it really, and I'm not surprised, like you said, I'm not surprised that John Roberts was one of the swing votes there. I am surprised that Brett Kavanaugh uh, voted on this. I really am surprised uh, just looking at some of the history of his judicial uh, decisions and the things that he's done. I, I'm, I'm kind of shocked, to be honest with you. But um, it, it's definitely something that I don't, I, I definitely don't agree with, but it's something that happened nonetheless, and, and it was upheld. And I think it gives, for future presidents in this realm, I think it opens up the door for more power than any president should have to say, this is going to be a blanket rule 
that, okay, we're going to mandate this particular medical procedure across the board simply because you take federal funding. And that was the determining factors is while the deciding the decision was based off of do no harm, the deciding factor of why they made that decision was because they simply take federal dollars. Well, what if it's not a healthcare facility next time? What if it's something else, another entity that takes federal dollars? Now there's nothing to stop them from saying, you've taken federal dollars, therefore all your employees now have to get this, whatever the medical procedure is. So it opens up a whirlwind of, of legal thought and analysis that, that I, I, I don't like where it takes us as a nation. I don't know, with um, Brad Kavanaugh, for some reason, I'm not that surprised with him. I think he's just trying to get in a good graces with Democrats. That's just my own original theory, because ever since they, you know, they, they that wasn't even interrogation. I would just say it was a verbal persecution that they gave him. He, even, he was even Terry one time, and honestly, they were kind of, oof, I wouldn't even say schooling, persecution, really, that he went through verbal persecution, especially by the Democrats. And, when, you know, and I think just trying to get in their good graces, me, per, me personally, I will just double down and triple down my opposition with the person. But, you know, that, that's off to say for him. It doesn't surprise me as much with Brad Kavanaugh. I always kind of view him and I, I don't know about his past. I haven't looked, I haven't looked into it, but based on his um, decision, some some things he had sided with the left on us, not the 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 first time um, he has done it, so it doesn't surprise me um, as much with him. Because I'm a fresh lens, maybe I'm just looking at his judicial history. I'm sure if I look into the past, I would have been more shocked because he's a right-leaning kind of person, but the way he's been supporting some, even the the left, even sometimes he joins the dissent with the, the left on some cases. I brand, I brand him as a moderate, right? Um, and I think it's accurate now or maybe his you no know, maybe his politics has shifted. maybe he's shifting more center right you know that 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 that's what i believe that is with brad kavanaugh and that's why that decision went through um sadly i un- i understand it i will not fully agree with that because there's no constitution backing for that or even relevant clauses to Act out, just do no harm. That's just an oath. Sometimes oath breaks, you know, for whatever reason. Sure. That that's all I could say by that. I understand it, but I disagree. Sure. Yeah. So I'm more of an understand. Yeah. You know, that's that's all I have to say about that whole that whole thing. Um. Uh, I, I mean, with John Roberts, that's a predictable one. Um. He's a bushy. He's a bushy Republican. <laughs> I mean, and that's that. I mean, that's self-explanatory. If they know, if they know John Roberts. So let's see. I think we beat that one. We already beat that topic long enough. So the last one: digital Bibles. How they are not as beneficial as the physical hard copy, um, you know, version. And I thank God I have a physical copy version. I prefer to read that than the phone. I tried reading the phone version. It gave me headaches. I I was lucky to memorize one or two verses instead of half of them. I mean, the, the study is true. I can't even debate. I can't even debate with this, even if I want to. You retain a lot less. Oh, yeah, that happened with me. 
I, I you know, I'm currently in the physical version. I retain a lot more information than the sure. start me in, in the smartphone because I think it's the stimulation, that light, that abuses your eyes, quite frankly, and the screening, and then, and then you look through it, and then you know, you you, you used to do things quick. It's not for you to, to pay attention to comprehend or even meditate. I don't consider this tool to be a meditative thing. This is something that you want to do things quick, look on the website. You know, that's how I use the smartphone. And it says preferred by males. Um, I thought that would have been even across gender. Um, that part I was surprised about. They complete it. It's convenient. They use it for devotionals and well, I can understand for devotionals and biblical searches. That's why I support it because that's something more quick. This is for quick things. This is not for long-term study or anything. And I'll say physical book is better, and you won't abuse your eyes as much, to be quite honest. And I can just say, thank God I'm reading a physical version. I, I, I personally didn't need to study. I, I tried it myself. It doesn't work out, so I I uh, agree with that. So I'm just surprised that more males use the smartphone. Maybe being, you know, explain that. Well, I mean, explain the whole thing, especially about the, the, the how you got more males or studying the Bible through this so-called smartphone. Sure. And I, I, I think, you know, and I thought it was a really interesting study, and I thought... You know, Dr. Dreyer here, uh, I believe was his name, is, you know, he's looking at the differences. Originally, he started out looking at the differences between men and women and their study habits uh, with the Bible and reading the Bible and taking from two, uh, taking hundreds of participants from two uh, different mega churches. And, uh, you know, and then as broke down the data, started to find out that, hey, if you're using a Bible app, the people seem to actually be retaining less than if people were using a physical paper Bible. And I think the discrepancy between uh, more males, because they said that more males were using the Bible app than females were. And I think, I think probably you probably have more overall, obviously, men in the workforce. And so it's more convenient for them to just go, well, I'm just going to pick up the Bible on my phone and do it at my lunch break, do it when I'm in the, uh, you know, in the break room or do it when I'm out eating lunch or something like that, or do it in the morning because it's just convenient and it's easy. And while I generally use a paper Bible, I do use the apps on the phone. But like you said, I, I can't do it for a long period of time. And I can't definitely do it for study because when I'm studying something, uh, whether it's a book, you know, if I'm reading a book or reading a study, uh, you know, I've got to be engaged in it. I've got to print it up. I've got to highlight, look at it. And the same with my Bible. I've got to be able to do that and, and highlight and study and, and take notes. I'm, I'm a copious note taker. So I'm, I'm constantly, I got to write this down. You know, I go through pens like crazy. Um, but I, and I think that that engagement that you don't get from a digital Bible actually, obviously it seems to help you actually remember more because you're, you're more of your faculties, more of your uh, brain function is being accessed as you're doing it. Whereas I think, you know, with, with the problem with the digital stuff is, is you're not engaging as much. You're not, you're not actively interacting with it you're not taking notes you're not writing down you're not highlighting usually it's kind of just a quick well i've read my chapter a day and you're kind of moving on and uh that's 
you know, while that's not necessarily bad, bad, but it's not going to give you the depth or the understanding that you would get, I think, with a regular paper uh, Bible. So I, I thought it was a really interesting study, and I thought it was, the, and it's pretty much, I think the doctor in that study, if I remember right, he said that it was the first of its kind being actually to study this particular topic and i'd actually like to see more studies on it come out because i'd like to compare the data and just see just for my own curiosity my own intellectual curiosity see where where the data of several studies might take uh people oh yeah no i agree that's why that's why i was so interested because just not many studies like this one actually actually that's the first one i found that they compare smartphone learning if you will to traditional book learning and it's true the engagement with a physical paper you're highlighting it of course using more parts of your brains and, and as the, i think you have more of a, even the physical feel to it even adds some sort of stimuli as opposed to over abusing just your eyes and of course certain parts of the brain i think that's why who studied more traditionally the Bible obviously retain a heck of a lot more information just those who just scroll and you know you probably I don't know daydream or go mentally bank ah uh, look at this thing long enough to me the smartphone has never been a good um study tool it's just good for me if I need to do something quick you know like if, I, if I'm looking for biblical passages real quick that I'm gonna look through the book I'll use it for that or short devotionals. Like I said, something short, something quick. That's why it's a, you know, smartphone be good for that. Anything long term, anything needs engagement, anything that needs you know, to process it thoroughly, even meditate, I'm considered smartphone to be a good tool for that. Unless it's going to provide calm, relaxing sounds, but that's be with the light off because the light is too stimulating. And, you know, after a while, it even hurts. Uh, student yeah that's a good term when you use just a student so that's all anything else you want to add for that no i think uh i think that's good appreciate it all righty nope so that is it we went through the whole thing all right then so enough for me yammering so remember dear listeners go to www dot the daily brief Listen to him at the Chris Russell Show. I'm definitely going to check it out. I'm going to listen more, more to it. This is actually uh, more interesting than I thought it would be. So, happy. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm happy I don't listen to my own expectations because sometimes I have it too low, too moderate, or too. But this was more moderate. So, okay, I'll just see how this goes. So. Absolutely. Yeah, I appreciate that. I appreciate you having me on and, and, and having this. Uh, what I felt has been a great discussion, uh, you know, and just the back and forth and, and, and just, you know, talking, you know, it's what America is about, man. See you communists, you haters. This is how we have a discussion right here. Learn how to discuss, learn how to agree to disagree. Having a different opinion does not mean hate. Absolutely. hundred percent does not.
Welcome to Mid Game, our second segment of the Peer Podcast, which stands for Politically Entertained with Evolving Randomness. So, we have the Microsoft CEO, or is that buying Activision Blizzard will help them build the metaverse. So, let's get into this. Last month, they bought the Activision Blizzard for nearly. 70 billion dollars each and they and they want to collaborate to create a metaverse so they buy them so they can use the metaverse now metaverse essentially by creating games who's his boss name again Satya Nadella okay I think it's a he. I think it's a some kind of Indian dude. I'm not sure to be honest with you. All right, it's about creating games. Of course, merging games with virtual reality technology. You know, they want 3D immersive, super interactive reality. And they invest in uh, game technology and tools, you know, invest into the future. You don't want to be lagged behind. Those who lag behind. Uh you know, they be they'll be forgotten by history. Or at best we say, oh, you you be tight casted in history. That's if you're lucky. That customization. Talked in short about it's all about Mexico and how you could customize it in short. I'm just paraphrasing here. And the other thing I could say is that uh, we also, you know, they still getting scrutinized. You know, it should move that. Uh, I think it's he already left. They should just be removed, and you know, doesn't say a whole lot, really. You want a new game that you know that gets into the metaverse. You guys have more interaction, more creation. Maybe you own a piece of something too along the way. And some of these games has already implemented blockchain funding technology with these NFTs. I'm still very skeptical of the idea, by the way. Copyright stuff is being exploited left and right. And. Oh, Corner Rockstar. They're saying that um, their, their GTA 6 is in development. But how long do we have to wait? Is this all just gaslighting? I'm going to believe that until I see an official trailer of GTA 6 because I know trolls, Ed Boon from Mortal Kombat, one of the biggest trolls I've ever encountered. I mean, he trolls about stuff that don't even come out to 10 years later. Yeah. He trolled about Spawn for a long time since Mortal Kombat 9 who was in close to finishing development. Now we need to get him to Mortal Kombat 11 as a DLC. 
Yeah. That's a long time. Okay. And they're saying they've been waiting for another game. They're saying they're promising that it's going to be better, bigger, more polished. Officials could be amazing. All of that good stuff. You have the quote right here, and I'm going to quote, and this is from Kotaku. The first one, the first source by the Microsoft acquiring acquiring Blizzard Activision was by Polygon. Who I don't gotta stop forgetting those uh, sources there. So let me read this quote from Kotaku with unprecedented longevity of GTA 5. Well, many of you have been asking us about new entry in the Grand Theft Auto series. With every project we embark on, our goal is to always to move significantly beyond what we have previously delivered. And we are pleased to confirm that active development of the next entry in the Grand Theft Auto series is well on the way. We look forward to sharing Moon more Moon. I can't read now. As soon as we are ready. So please stay tuned to the Rockstar Newswire for official details. Then say GTA 6. Yeah, they play bad. This game is. I mean, GTA 5 has been out since the last years of Xbox 360. I mean, that is a long ass time. Really long. I mean, really, really long. Lots of games. I already knew that games can become real huge. Real popular, especially the graphics and all that. So this game's gonna be popular at minimum for ten years, but they even be dead. When they when they originally came out, twenty twelve. Look at that, ten years. This doesn't surprise me. That's why I didn't get the game because I'm not gonna be hooked and wrapped on it. They said the original G. Oh, who cares about that? about that original dude who cares that's obviously who cares it's been spanning to three freaking console generations three all right they might not even necessarily call you know gta 6 if i could call gta with the name of a city or something or maybe or maybe just call gta 6 i mean come on who knows? Only time will tell. That's what I have to say. But I'm going to stay skeptical. Okay? I mean, Edmund trolled, trolled so hard, I just can't trust anything. Especially when it comes to the Rocks. I heard they kind of troll their fans too. So I was like, eh. And this is for someone who's been playing Grand Theft Auto for decades. I'm taking his word for it. One of my friends, by the way. So... Sony got Bungie. I'll tell you, Sony and Microsoft just buying these game companies. I mean, the future, you're going to see a lot more exclusives. I mean, PlayStation only has a shit ton of exclusives. Eh, so does Nintendo. But it's definitely decreasing from Xbox. And, okay. And I guess they want to just piss off and, you know, make Xbox series x hammerage let's see that's gonna work though that's my thinking at least and this is more of an opinion piece by the way so take this with a grain of salt 
and I always link the sources. So if you wanna question me or you know or wanna screw us my accuracy, please feel free. Truth does not mind being challenged. It's the liars who hate being challenged. Okay? And there are certain times I can misspeak. You know, misspoke here and there. It happens. I'm human. You know. Anyone okay, you wanna bolster PlayStation brand on and off PlayStation platforms? Okay. That's a fair point, but how long that's gonna last though? And now they talk about the next PlayStation. Now that's not what I'm here for. I'm not here for that. Then the PC for new avenue of games. Yeah, I think for good extent it was first dominated by Microsoft. I think yeah, that's a good way to kind of well, who knows? They have to be collaborating with Microsoft because Microsoft do run PCs, you know. Or oh, they collaborate with Apple. But hey, if you take my idea, give me 10%. Nah, they won't do that. Nah, they're not going to do that. They will not do that. Bunch of cheapos. Anyways. They want to expand their brand. That's what this article is telling me. As I'm scanning through it, they want to expand beyond PlayStation. They want to do. They want to do that. Naming to launch at least ten live service games for the next four years. Okay. And microtransactions accounted for a third of their PlayStation Network sales. Yeah. So she got exclusive stuff. Oh yeah, that's gonna really. They they have block crossplay. You know, I'm gonna get more into the PC market. Good for them. Have their games going there. I think it's a good move. They'll definitely do good on that. I believe so. They do got some good games. See, I just never, I never gave PlayStation fair chance. That's why I probably want to try PlayStation Five. I've been to the Xbox, didn't have a good gaming experience with them. Nintendo, you know, Switch is the last one. I'm getting just kind of tired of them. They stay in their own little world, their own little lane. And I think they're just taking steps to be bigger. Expand their um their market ecosystem, you know. But Xbox has been very aggressive, and I do agree with this article saying that they've been taking big swings of purchasing multiple game development companies. They have a low-cost Game Pass. PlayStation got to lower your price or something. We'll see. We'll see about that. I mean, Bungie, Bungie, let's see if this is a good move that they made. They're going to have rights. They bought it for $3.6 billion. Yeah, Destiny. Destiny was a popular game. Not a big fan of it. And they wars is not on consoles. They just trying to expand over the entertainment realm. 
I mean, I mean Disney, the reason why Disney does good because they stick to what they know. They got Marvel, you know, some people say the Marvel stuff's popping up, it's not as good. I don't know about that, I haven't seen the so-called four, Phase 4 movies. Except for WandaVision. I liked it, it was interesting. It was definitely something very different. I can see why some people don't get into that. I mean, but I don't, I don't say it's trash. You know, they come on Kamala Khan. They were more major Thor movie based on what I know. Eh, we'll see. Let's see how they're going to do this. Just because you bought a bunch of things doesn't mean they'll do well. That's all I got to say about that. I'm mean, just preparing. I know they're preparing for large things. So they're going to buy a game development like Bungie. They've been doing that. So. Now can I wrap this up? Microsoft CEO defends by Activision just the metaverse game of the future in the times. Those are Microsoft Xbox N. And then Rockstar saying they're developing a new Grand Theft Auto game, but I have to disagree with the headline because it doesn't say anything about GTA 6. You know, it, it could be a spin-off for I know. So that's my opinion I'm gonna add to there. You know, it's fake. Yes, I agree with that part. It is fake. So I won't even call it a GTA 6. It's a fair guess, but don't be surprised you could be wrong too. Kid Taku, and who wrote this? Zach Sweezen. I'm pretty sure I pronounced that last name wrong. Pretty sure. But let's hope it's GTA 6. Just for humanity's sake. And Sony is getting to Bungie and getting to PC gaming. And I would say it's a good move. Get more in there. Expand their brand. And just be tightening as a PlayStation. Oh, you're the only known for Donald Jackson, Dexter, or, or Uncharted. Or Infamous. Well, it's a lot of exclusive games they get. Yeah, they got they got a good amount of exclusive games. So they expanding. They getting ready for the future. I'll tell you that much. People Xbox, but I think Xbox is ahead of game in terms ahead of the curve in terms of acquiring more game companies. That's all I can say. Uh, will PlayStation crumble? Only time will tell. That's what I have to say. Alright, thank you for listening to the second segment. We'll reach the third and final segment really, really soon. Welcome everyone to the third and final segment. Of the Peer Podcast. This interview, well, this is our first interview, really, but split up to two parts. This is the second and final part of the interview. In this part, Sebastian and I talked about satire and parody, talked a little about his podcast career. 
he quoted, he quotes it, not me. The DMCA law, how it impacts social media, especially Twitch and YouTube. And then about cancer culture, about how it actually frightens them. I don't blame that frightens them. It will kind of frighten me too. I've been striked a few times because of a few jokes, especially on Facebook. Never got striked on Twitter because Twitter don't talk much. And I'm just going to treat like a I guess that's what I have to do with these social media. Just treat like a business, and I'll be fine, I guess. And sadly, we talked about the 2016 and the 2020 elections. But for season four, that's going to be off off limits unless it's really, really, really relevant to the political conversations. You know, and sadly, the, there's going to be loopholes around that. I have to be super diligent with that. But without further ado, let's have a listen of more Sebastian. I think some people need to know that we talked about this before about the differences with satire and parody. I have a funny feeling some people don't know what the hell that is. I'm sure some of my listeners will know the difference. Especially watch South Park and Family Guy. They could one of the buckets, which is which, which one's parody, which one I'm um, using satire. Me, I prefer satire personally because to me it's a much harder um, literary device to use, and if you use it right, it will uh, the impact is very good. A parody right. is more of a it's more of a cheap, easy way just to get you know some quick laughs. Mm-hmm. It's good sometimes. Don't get me wrong. They, they both have their own audiences, definitely, and in some regards are one and the same, depending on the the, the medium that is uh, that is covering it. Um, I guess if you want like a textbook definition versus my own interpretation, you know, satire is when you essentially use you know humor, exaggeration, irony, or anything critiquing to express people's like stupidity i think and i'm just gonna say that i'm taking this from oxford languages so you know cite your sources i guess (laughs) like paraphrasing but it's one thing you know to have that definition but how does it play in like the field of like say something what i do or what you do okay so i illustrate for uh the Santa Clarita Valley Proclaimer, which is a uh, political newspaper, or e-newspaper, rather. And my position as an editorial cartoonist is essentially what it sounds like, creating cartoons with the perspective of a journalist, i.e. what's going on newsworthy in the community of the Santa Clarita Valley. And satirical yes because it calls into question people's choices and their politics and their beliefs and how it affects the ever-growing community and their constituents and what that represents and it you know there's a lot of layers that i guess some people would be like oh you know that's funny haha but when you're portraying that to an audience that you know and i don't even live there (laughs) so i couldn't speak on that matter to an audience who some people don't even know their own ass from a hole in the ground you could say that that flies over people's heads to some degree you know so uh, it's not uh, it's not like a gatekeeping mentality like you know you got to have xiq to understand the message but at the end of the day 
if you want to look at it as a pretty picture, fine. And it's supposed to call forth a discussion of how you can utilize that stupidity and criticism in order to have a dialogue about, you know, the thought process moving forward. How do you fix that? How do you fix a person's vices? You know, how do you fix what's wrong with a problem if you're calling attention to it humorously? Well, you either fix the problem and then satirists are out of work or you don't and you just keep having content. I feel like a satirist is never really satiated. They're always going to find something to bitch and moan about, which is why I like the field, because the world is never going to be perfect. Parody, on the other hand, is more so an imitation of what of what is constituted as like a, like an IP or or something something copyrighted. And this is where a lot of people sort of skirt the fine line of like satire. You're commentating on something. It's a parody. It's imitating something, but it's it's providing something new to the table. Um, parodies are, you know, it sort of has a negative connotation. It's often cheap by by some degree, and a lot of times people go into it with the ex- with the expectation like, well, it's not going to be the same quality as the original. You know, to some degree, if you want to look at, say, consumerism and capitalism, you have parodies, knockoffs, bootlegs, all of which are synonymous. But then you also have parodies in the sense that, you know, at least in terms of storytelling, you have your airplanes, you have your naked guns, you have your Austin Powers, you know, your franchises that are built off of this idea of what symbolizes a foil or an archetype and creating something new with it often creating something humorous with it. And people love that. <laughs> you know, it, it's less serious and, you know, it, it brings a lot of people in. And also a parody, what it does on the back door is that it allows for further appreciation of the original source material. So, you know, you have your Star Wars and you have your Spaceballs. Well, I mean, shit, <laughs> you're going to watch both because both audiences are going to they're going to love the source material and they're going to love the parody and everything like that but it's never quite you know like with the parody it's never quite going to be that same caliber it's not supposed to so i think as long as you use them correctly you're okay problem with that as i think a lot of people don't really understand the difference of such when they do so and thus it leads to a lot of discrepancies between like oh what constitutes as a joke what constitutes as like commentary um you know no that's outright theft or oh okay i could see why this would be like someone else's opinion over someone's ip in many ways it's still the wild west because in a lot of ways like people get inspired off of other people people are going to make adaptations they're going to make parodies they're going to make satiricisms is that even a word i have no freaking clue but i think in the realm of art being subjective to a degree and even that opinion is subjective in and of itself there's always going to be a different opinion over what's already out there i mean would you say that there's no new art you know probably but at the same time i don't think it's going to stop people from taking a concept whether that be in the public domain or not and running with it in an attempt to make something new something interesting something people might want to buy something people might want to reproduce <sighs> I don't know. 
like I've had a very big shift in determining like what I wanted to gatekeep, like what I constituted as like intellectual property to now being like, you know what, who, who fucking cares if it gets out there in the open? It's the internet. It's going to be shared anyway. What, am I going to expect people to not screenshot or screen record or grab it and then make something new? Like, let's be realistic here. You know, we're not living in an era where it's like you can really police that as much as people think that they can. You often see people on Twitch, for example, streaming movies or video games or, or music. Just recently, Congress passed this uh, this this bill. I think it was called like an omnibus bill where all this shit got thrown into this big this big chamber pot and one of those was a, DC, a DMCA law which essentially protected copyright holders to their work okay of course that didn't stop high profile individuals for, from hopping on Twitch and YouTube and essentially streaming material that wasn't theirs and they're hit with strikes and and copyright disputes the worst case scenario is that these people go to jail. And I think as an artist, how the fuck does that make this feel any more enticing if like you have to constantly walk on eggshells? Like, I don't know, I feel like as though I can rant forever because it's like, on one hand you can say, oh, is nothing sacred in art anymore? But on the other hand, how do you progress in the art field if you can't even bother to take inspiration and, and elevate something that already exists with your own perspective and commentary anymore you know like like if the threat of annihilation is bigger than the perspective that you have well i guess all artists should just fucking die then you know if they're gonna get screwed anyway i don't know maybe maybe i'm thinking too doomer into this but it it sucks as an artist it really does yeah that's very very unfortunate that's sad that's not the first time congress has passed very restrictive bills that severely impact social medias, YouTube, Twitch at the time, Twitch was in that big when I protest against it. I forgot what year Twitch um, emerged. I know I have protested virtually against Pitbutt Sopa. Oh, they they were the pre whatever initial shoe um, provided for that, but sadly that one won in the omnibus bill on like the Pitbutt and Sopa thing. That one was protested heavily, and that didn't, that didn't go through. That's that's just that's just sad. I mean, I could I could almost shed a tear. I, I see why. That's why YouTube is, in my opinion, falling falling apart. But you know, but YouTube is much more than that. You know, such a big, huge video sharing service. You know, that's why I try to create my own content because. You know, if I'm going to cite the sources, I'm going to be as vocal about it. So look, I got it from NBC, for example. I got this from CNN. Or I got this from the new paper. People don't know what the new paper is. New paper is a e-newspaper that just has nothing but boring-ass facts. Straight to the point. Left-wing flavor or right-wing flavor to the damn news article. Facts, straight to the point. Very quick. Easy read. Um, definitely my generation, your generation, I won't be surprised if younger generations will consume that much more than these physical newspaper, even cable TV. Mm-hmm. I like it, it's straight to the point. Because, um, look, I don't care about what Donald Trump's opinion is on this or Joe Biden's opinions. I don't care. I think these 
both of fossilized fools, in my opinion. I don't give a damn. You believe in presence when you the damn do. Welcome to America. We can criticize them. Other countries don't understand that. You know, Europeans don't know everything. They, they feel like they do. I got to argue with a Swedish person. That's another thing with the incident and wokeism. This guy embraced socialism. He worshipped Jack Dorsey like a god. I said, you know that he doesn't give a damn about you. You know that, right? I mean, he's using you and a billion other people. I'm not gonna call them morons. They got their own business interests. I respect that. But you one of those fools that you don't understand America, but yet you feel you feel so superior to criticize America. No, you don't understand it. Oh, Jack Dorsey got rid of all the all the hateful profiles. Oh yes. So I mean, you can't even find one. Why did I find one real quick? And even gave the source with ban. Shut up. He thought he was one of those Americans that was gonna punk out. <laughs> he gets so wrong. Oh man, I'm being more aggressive than usual. Should I blame you, Sebastian? Should I just blame you and have you to scapegoat my podcast? Man? Nah, no, I'm not gonna do that. Uh, wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> <laughs> nah. No, uh, I'm a grown but, ass but, man. I, I just trust <laughs> for, most, for most of my actions. Honestly, it's one of those things where it's just like, I can't imagine not discussing things in this caliber as frank as supposedly we are right now you know and it's one of those things where i think admittedly in the beginning like in my podcasting you know quote-unquote career i did take for granted because at the beginning it was a glorified hobby and i think to some degree it still kind of is but at the end of the day, it's a platform that I think a lot of us often take for granted, much less the internet in general, where I'm not trying to stand on my soapbox here, but it's like, if everyone has such a has such a great opinion and everyone wants to do so much good for the world, why is it that these conversations don't pop up more often? You know, like, honestly, it, it's one of those things where it's just like, you know, that's taking time on this planet for granted. You know, if you feel as though that your conversation is going to spark some opinion, whether it be left, right, center, or sideways, it's just like, say it. You know, really. No, yeah, no, I, 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 to be honest, I could just triple down on this aggression, but it's not going to um, do much. And this is not, um, this is not my monologue rants. Oh, I, I sometimes get aggressive. So I shout out, I shout out America for, for almost giving China the overall victory at Olympics. Well, I, I was shouting on that. And the ironic part is, I would not normally care about Olympics until America was almost losing. That's all. Oh, no, America got this. I don't need to watch it. They don't need my support. I feel like they did. <laughs> they needed the last summer. Oh, Olympics of 2020 is like, holy shit. China's going to catch them. They're going to win. You know, China's going to win. They're going to win. I, I, was, I, 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 was just, I was hysterical. It was fun. I was in this wrong play. I was, I was, I was even laughing at it. I said, "Wow, I didn't know I could be this dramatic. I didn't know I cared that much about the Olympics until America almost lost in the gold medal count and overall medal count. It's a giant, it's a little change. You know, the U.S.-China relationship is an all-time low. We had the break of a war, one more severe diplomatic era prevails." But all right, let me not let me not go off that. Let me go back to that to that law that really ruined artistry and social media. I was actually respecting some of the artistry, especially criticism when they nitpick movies. Some of them were quite hilarious. I forget the YouTuber, a couple of the YouTuber names that I've paid attention to, but 
and they have destroyed they, their commentary movies were hilarious. I enjoy the commentary more than the movies, but I guess they're impacted by that law. What's the initials of that law again? Sadly, this I've been paying attention. I was I was gonna say um, regarding like critics, like are you talking like Siskel and Ebert or one of those high-profile critics? I I I forget the names. All they, all they do now is just brief reviews because of, because of okay. that law. That law, I guess. Um, what's one of me to pay attention to? He he changes name a lot. Hmm. Um, yeah, he rebrands himself quite a lot. I'm not, I'm not lost track on that. Sadly, these people are fading and irrelevant to me because I guess that law really ruined their artistry, especially after Rachi for extended amount of period of time. I don't know what's the limit clip that they could have, maybe six seconds. Um, yeah, you know, you could get um, certain iconic um, scenes you could capture really well only for six seconds. Even with hmm. fair use, um, if someone just uses my entire podcast episode and, and if I catch them, so listen, you're playing the whole damn thing without any edits. Yeah, then I'm gonna agree with that law. However, but with these big companies, their fascist, with their fascist um, mentality, they're gonna just purge every single, well, especially high-profile people and mid-profile people. Yeah, there's so many strikes or whatever. That's a new, no, could take you down. Oh no, 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 no! You have well, you played 30 minutes of my movie. Nope. Even yeah, the algorithm no, does it for it. And the algorithm is so quick about it. You can't that's... even joke. Can't yeah, even joke on the internet. I threw a, I threw a, a Facebook picture of a, a happy, obese black woman with the with the black emoji smiley face. Oh, this is where it came from. I got I got reported, and the algorithm double teamed against me. I said, mm-hmm. you need to take that down. I said, okay, okay, okay. I'll just, I'll just take that down. Jeez. Oof, the right-wingers weren't, weren't lying about big tech censorship. I agree with them on certain things like that one. Fine, whatever. I see, you know, no wonder everybody's a, one of many people on the internet is such candy asses. Private everything. Oh, this is this is why I get to be my early thirties. Wow. Refinement. <laughs> That's I'll just give you my age range right there. Early thirties. Right. Right. That. That's it. Yeah, and I got to ramble all that internet depression, internet corporate, pro corporate censorship. I mean, the media, mm-hmm. the mainstream media has really benefited from. It. Let's just be real. Anything that's recommended or trending comes from CNN, MSNBC, maybe even CBS, ABC, even Fox. Mm-hmm. You know, the main, yeah, they they benefit from all of this, and it was a corporate interest kind of bill. And since they got a say in Congress, their voice and money matters more than the people. Right, 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 right. And yeah, the only bus. Yeah, that's I hate I hate that term. That's just another word. That's just another word saying dump all the shit in there and screw the American people. Dump every random law you can think of. Okay, all dogs must be pink. All males must be castrated, for example. Thank God for government. All women must have vasectomy. Government on that one too. Or something's ridiculous. Oh, for every curse swear you must pay a hundred dollar fine. Oh, wow. They, they could just. Oh, oh, goodness. I gotta stop talking. I'm giving Congress ideas. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I'm gonna shut up. Shut up. This is my mouth. That's why my mouth is a double edged sword. It serves me well. Sometimes it screws me well. So, let's. Uh, no, I think the only thing you added here was about the 2016 
and 2020 presidential elections. I'd like you to take it away with that one. I guess, where were you when it happened? <laughs> what did you think about it? Because you um, have this, you just, ha- this, sorry, you just have this, it's almost like a WWE smackdown of personalities, you know? Like, it's just a, it's just a political celebrity hodgepodge. And, and that's really the best way I can put it, because it was just like, God dang, like, did not expect it. It was like right hooks coming out of everywhere. But go on, please. I don't know. I don't know. I want you to elaborate. Okay. I'll I probably start it then. You should be involved. 2016. Oh, that's a very interesting year. Mm. And I enjoyed it for the wrong reasons. Because I think you said it so well. It's a WWE commentary smackdown, especially from one side of the aisle. We all know who that is. Almost getting tired of saying that. <laughs> so she, he he delivered most of the jabs, and a lot of it landed really, really well. And for some reason, I knew that guy was gonna win. I said, "This country's just getting so ridiculous and crazy. He's gonna win." I dropped all logic. He's gonna win. I said, "No, he's not. He's gonna win." So you think he's right now? He's stealing media coverage. He got billions of dollars worth of free media coverage. He's gonna win. I said, you know, you could be right. So of course, of course, I'm just bragging about saying I'm smarter. But that would not be productive. Now, what I said was, um, I said this guy's gonna win. I'm telling you, this guy's gonna win. I said, I know my intuition, my gut. This, this guy's gonna win. It's 45. He's gonna win. I said, no, he's not. He's saying all these ridiculous things. This is why he's gonna win. He's giving the ultimate fuck you to establishment, fuck you to politics as usual. A lot of people are talking. Are tired of it. He's gonna win. He don't necessarily need a popular vote. So you remember George W. Bush? There you go. Uh, he won. Yep, exactly. So, oh, it was just one of the, yeah, yeah. It was just one of those things where it was like the personality dominated like the entire arena. And to some degree, like if you enjoy that le- that level of like political cynicism and just bluntness, you kind of have to have respect. Not like. <laughs> In terms of eloquency, because I mean, shoot, I don't, I don't know if he was as eloquent as as, <laughs> as other people would like to believe, but it was like a laugh factor. It was the humor of it. That how does someone be so unabashed in their opinion that they make that that you make it work, and that, and that he made it work, you know, for him at least. And the fact that people just hated him, it like fueled the fire, so to speak. I don't know, like it was just like a raw WWE SmackDown. Like it was a it was a trailblazing political moment, I think for all the wrong reasons, because you think of politics and you think, okay, you know, stuffy stuffy suits with with ideas that, you know, us average dumb Americans are probably just like, yeah, you know, that sounds good or no, that sounds bad. And you think to yourself, how how do any of us remotely have a shot with our one-off opinions of even holding any kind of position in office? And someone comes along as a personality, not as a man of politics, but as a man of business and personality and hard-headedness, spearheading the entire thing. And you can't you can't look you can't deny that you can't look at that and be like wow that is in any degree you want to look at it whether it be with positive or negative connotation amazing like that is mind-blowing um you know i'm not here to 
I'm not here to jerk one side off or the other off, but it's like, you can't just look at that and not stand in, you know, stand mesmerized. So, I mean. He, he has damaged the Bush dynasty and the Clinton dynasties all that same time. Well, he, well, not same time, but at first he dealt with the whole public forces, Republican opponents, and then he dealt with Clinton machine. He has disrupted two political machines, the Bushes and the Clintons. Like that, that's impressive. I think it only took years after the fact to realize like the state of politics of like where it was going and then where it's been and then where it is now. You know, it just took it took that political, you know, boat rocking to essentially just be like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm really kind of still at a loss for words because it's like, I don't think that that effect of his candidacy, his presidency, and now his, I guess, impeachment and sort of like bastardization nowadays, I don't think that that's necessarily left. No, I think so. I think some of the effects are still lingering. I mean, he is um, censored. Um, thanks to Big Tech on that. Even I, I disagree with it, but I disagree with it. Ah, you know, not easily. It's just, uh, I'm trying to be a pro-free speech person, but it's hard to defend a former president who was so irresponsible with his Twitter use. That's my opinion, of course. And even though I don't know this is going to be controversial, I'm gonna say, but I'm ready for it. You know, I I don't think he was the yeah he was I was I was indirect cause of the whole breach of the Capitol. I don't want to use insurrection. Insurrection is much worse than what the mainstream media portrays. If he was just more responsible than mouth and not claim the election was stolen, I'm sure that insanity would not happen. Of course, I'm reading leaping into the 2020 campaigns where where this where this former president ah uh, he didn't campaign too good he just proved that he was more of a one trick pony um and he sounded a little more like an establishment republican which that turned off an amount of um real real conservative like biden the less he said the better he is every time he speaks he says crazy stuff Oh, if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. Mm. Saying that of Charlemagne the God. That went very well. And the more this guy talks, it's oh no, no, Joe Biden's a nasty person too. Not a big fan of him either. Not a big fan of him either. The reason why I'm not as tired of saying his name because I've never heard it so much. It's not you know, the mainstream media just loves dragging you know, uh, the other guy's name. Eventually, Biden's name is going to be dragged down the dirt. Yeah, Biden's just so low energy, and by the time he gets, by the time he gets to speak, I mean, he called a Fox News reporter son of a bitch. Thank goodness for the mics, they caught that. Me, do I care as much if he curse out a reporter? Um, sadly, no. <laughs> I mean, if if Trump did it uh, to CNN, you expect we live in volatile times. It's not a safe place for your media folks to ask such questions that's gonna attack their ego. It really is not, but that's but that's their that's their job. Even though I don't agree with a lot of things they do, but 
got the same job black which they go some of them are, are quite stupid my friend and they don't look out for the American people they look out for the special interests I could go on and on on that but back to the 2020 election thing yeah Trump's campaign is more terrible the team was more establishment Republican like I said this guy's not said, oh, I hate sound I don't think this guy's chance to win and I talked to a Republican friend who was a big Trump supporter He's not gonna win. Is he in like this? And no, I don't think he's gonna win this. Well, the reason why he ain't gonna win is because it's gonna be stolen. Said, Give me the damn proof that the election was stolen. But we wanna provide it. Yeah, I'm sure there was some irreg irregularities and all that, but doesn't mean the election was stolen. Was there a fishy thing going on with some votes? Yeah. But they did the recount. Hmm. Biden even got more popular votes. And thank you, Trump just gave him a couple of hundred um, popular votes. You know, and he got dismissed along the way. I think, well, I think 59 out of, I think he only won one little case just based on procedure. But most of it was just rejected. State court, it was disastrous. At that point, admittedly, I lost so much interest in what in what that all was. You know, the whole Capitol riot, and I've and I've voiced this on other podcasts as well. Like the whole Capitol riot, the whole like you know mismatched vote recount, stolen election, global hive mind BS terms that I would see pop up on Google search engines. It was all like, man, you know, to me it's for me it's very hard to be able to like get invested into a topic until i can sort of find like the humility and humanity in it where it's like okay tldr how do i make this funny and what offensive memes am i gonna have to come across for me to be like oh haha you know like 21st century dark humor you know <laughs> basically like i think that's just sort of the filter or the satiricism, or the witticism, or the or the sardonicism, I guess, because you see a country that's imploding in on it, in on itself from both sides of the aisle, and it's like, how the fuck do you not look at that as if it's not a burning car on the highway? Like, how do you not turn your neck and be like, oh, that's interesting, but it's sort of interesting for a different reason outside of like politics. Politics are very boring. When you have unfringed people, or unhinged people rather, on the internet talking about how it affects them and like the lengths that they're willing to go to like make sure that their extreme opinions are heard, that's where it gets interesting. That's where it gets funny to some people who can like take a joke. Like I couldn't imagine what I'd have to do if I, I couldn't imagine what I'd have to do to keep myself entertained in politics for it to be remotely a good time, you know? <laughs> I mean, that's just me. If I was sitting in Congress, I'd be like, God, can this meeting ever end? You know, like it's, it's just that's just me, honestly. Like, you know, you, no, you see, believe it or not, yeah. what you're what you're saying, actually, a lot of so many people can relate. Maybe not as artistically as you, but they can relate. I think it's emotional. Uh, emotional. They tune out. They're tired of this crap. I think it's just what's a matter true, of like, what's false. It doesn't even yeah. matter. Like, uh, where do you find, where do you find like interest in a common ground? It's like, well, I find it in short, choppy witticisms that, politically speaking, I can incorporate in like an artistic talents. For that, narration, illustration, publishing, ex publishing, because I no longer do it anymore, but and podcasting. And as long as you can make that comfortable with what you're doing in your day to day life, like that's that's how it should, that's why and how it should matter.
you know. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people just tune off from news and they turn off to, they turn out, they tune out from news outlets, as matter as internet or cable. You know, that's less engagement for politics. That's a lot of people get into local conversation. Oh, what did Joe Biden do? Or what did Nancy Pelosi do? Or oh, what did Mitch McConnell block this time? You know, whatever, whatever it is. A lot of people just tune out. They don't care. Some people are getting more warmness, but that's more in the current local climate. And I'm probably not going to get the effect I get into that because I ain't going to drag you along any, any further. <laughs> but it's just a lot of people has been tuned out. And I don't blame people. You know, I'm trying to curse you little folk. I'm trying to give just more facts and trying to make it a little entertaining here and there. You know, and a lot of people are retiring. A lot of people, a lot of people just give up. Democrats, a lot of Democrats, which I reported in my previous episode, a lot of over 20 Democrats House representatives are retiring. And I'll say we have about five Republicans in the Senate are retiring. And that's going to be interesting. You know, a lot of people say red wave, red wave is coming. I say, yeah, maybe for the House of Representatives, red wave is coming. I'm not sure about the Senate. The Senate's fair game. At least I was able to analyze what the lab polls and look into who said what, what the crystal ball said, what did nuclear politics stated, and what do I think based on states I've analyzed. Overall opinion is this secret of flip blue or vice versa? Uh, that's why I try to do it. So you, you have to be involved. I know it's, I mean, even I've tuned out, especially in the beginning of 2021, first half of it. I didn't want to be bothered with politics because of that. Mm. I've sat out that presidential election. I've sat out about so that one. I sat out and I didn't look proud. I don't even care. You know what I voted for? I was so cynical. I said, yeah, I might as well vote for Thanos. And yeah, I wrote that in there. I wrote Thanos in there. Right in. I wrote it that. So, you know, just do that. Just end this. Just, just end this. Just end this. Uh, you and um, who could be vice president? Well, you're going to kill each other anyway. So, um, Galactus. There you go. I know I'm up with that. Galactus president and Thanos is vice president. There you go. That's what I voted for. <laughs> secret awesome 2020 presidential election was right I am not these two and I am the third party candidate that has no shot in hell mm-hmm. and people laugh I said I'm serious so, you know, if it was legal for me to show my ballot I would do it hashtag political cynicism <laughs> hashtag political cynicism I mean that's that, that's a good that's a good uh, ending point, I'd say, because I mean, essentially, that's where the two roads of ours converge. Where it's just like, if you're gonna, if you're gonna put politics in any sort of like analytical or commentative light, cynicism is really the only way to do it. We can spend hours, literally hours, on this conversation trying to deconstruct all the the nuances and and shortcomings and and peaks and valleys of what politics has to offer but it's like at the end of the day oh you know make the standalone argument oh well we need to learn from history well history isn't learning from history yesterday is considered history and we're still the way we are so you know what then can we say what then so i i understand that and that's a few things that i mean i have to i will have to 
this is, I have to disagree that to some extent, even though I completely understand where you're coming from. I disagree with you based on invalidation of the screen just because I have a different, different take. Mm-hmm. Not if you don't learn from history, that's unfortunate, you're right. I mean, that's short example, Vietnam War, mess, Afghan War, a mess that we just got on off in that even the retreat was a uh, messy. People jumped the plane, flew and you know, they fell the plane, they they died mm-hmm. very horrible and was killed along the way. I will not make any joke about even I'm not that late, I'm not that hard. Mm-hmm. What's another thing we haven't learned? Um, these um, elections. I mean, the, the time that politics was just volatile was, I would say, a little before the Civil War. And then Baron Lincoln, that's the most volatile country they really broke into, too. And can it break like that again? And I don't think it's going to break off, you know, over an argument of slavery. That's. That's done. It's gonna be great. It's gonna break just because of political ideologies, and yeah, that's gonna be real funny how this country breaks. That portion is red. This portion surrounding red is blue. You know, they're gonna have blue polka dots on red areas, and they're gonna end vice versa. It's gonna be real funny. It's gonna be real funny if it breaks it like that. I hope it's not true, and I don't want to believe that. Cause to me, just that kind of breakup doesn't make a lot of sense. But then again, Americans have done things that don't make a lot of sense. So that's the scary part. Right. So we don't learn from history. Well, I try to learn from history as quickly and as consistently as I can. But you know, I do get where you, where you come from. That people don't learn history. The same, same mistakes will be getting worse at it. It's just, it's, it's cynical, and that's that's why for me, I'm gonna have a very cliche, probably a an offensive solution. Christian. That's why I read that that lovely holy book. That's my solution to this whole cynicism, this whole wacky world that we live in. This world is wacky as hell. And I don't don't think the world does not operate in a different way, at least not anytime soon. Anything you want to add before I wrap this up? Uh, Jeez, I feel as though I'm kind of spent <laughs> i'll be honest um it, it's it's definitely a certain type of perspective that i'm still learning how to <clears throat> how, how to like adapt to because every day is going to be different and i think as an artist as anyone who who takes takes hold of a medium and doesn't want to let go there is that sort of expectation of, of backing to a degree of like, okay, what is your art supposed to represent in a grand scheme of things? And I've said this before on other podcasts, and, and I'll say it again here, you know, art, for all intents and purposes, I truly feel should be created for the sole purpose of, you know, you being genuinely inspired to do so. Where that decides to end up, where your mind decides to wander, to be inspired by, to, to adapt into, you know, that's one thing. Having expectations for yourself because you truly want to improve craft is, again, another thing that I think should be important, but it shouldn't be the driving force of why you want to create. I, I think external expectations can really hinder an artist or really hinder someone's you know, commentary. I think that in the era of, of cancel culture and and different facets of society that, that we live in that, that unfortunately have those negative implications of someone simply wanting to express their opinion, it's a minefield that I don't think we've even seen the worst of. 
Okay. That's why I truly believe that sort of expectations are really like the artistic killer, especially when you put that out to the audience, to an audience of, okay, well, what is this supposed to represent? And I think as an artist, it's important to have that sort of thick skinness that we talked about earlier to stand on, on your soapbox and say, well, it represents what the hell I want it to represent. You can take your subjective opinion, you know, you could you could take it and run with it. You could, you could shove it up your ass, depending on what perspective you want to take, you know, what attitude you want to take. But at the end of the day, it's like, I think moving forward, yeah, what do you want to put out in the world? How does it fulfill you? What message do you want to send? And I think after that, once you've done so, turn off the computer. Because in many ways, as important as important as important as it is to get that feedback, to understand what your artistic place in the world is, there's a certain part of you that really doesn't care or shouldn't care rather. Because it's like, because then you ask yourself, well, why are you doing this? If you're doing it for an audience, are you doing it because you want them to, to give you a sense of validation? Or are you doing this because you're expecting people to give you criticisms or give you compliments and you have to then fine tune it to their liking? See, then you're playing off of their expectations that, you know, what's the point? Yeah, no, I, I think that that's really all I'd like to say. And I don't think I've really quite gone as in depth as I just did, but it's important to find your place as an artist, as a commentator, as a satirist, whatever. But it's also important to know when to, to close up shop and to to understand that, you know, until next time kind of thing. So uh, I, I totally get it. Yeah, there's, there's a time and a place and I think everything in moderation. In terms of caring, you care somewhat, but not to the point that, oh, it becomes mental prison. Oh, I gotta please and kiss every ass I find. Or you be too care to the point that, oh, I don't care. I don't give a damn. I don't give a damn my own life. Okay, let me shoot up the window. We, I think it's a balance, and that's something I'm still trying to learn because sometimes it can be too careless sometimes mm -hmm. on some things and things I'm supposed to care about. So sometimes when I pull the podcast, I can be careless. Um, <laughs> you know, I got them shit, like this free flowing conversation. Obviously, oh, we got to have a structure. Honestly, yeah, you know, but natural conversations do not have a structure. Sometimes it starts with A, B, then jumps to Z, then jumps to H, and it goes back to A, then B, then C, then whatever. What's all over? So <laughs> let me call, let me call, so let me call, um, all right, my dear listeners, this is what I want you to do. Check out Sebastian R. Shug.com and you spell that for you. S-E-B-A-S-T-I-A-N-R-S-C-H-U-G.com and also check his YouTube channel called CBS and I'm going to spell that for you. Again, don't worry, everybody has little weaknesses. Uh, mine sometimes is caring. S E A B A S S. If you want to think, if you want to think a little naughty, you separate the C. I mean, the, yeah, the word C, then B, and then A S S. There you go. Uh, that's one way to look at it. I'm really creative. I think um, I have an influence from Sebastian that I don't find out a problem. Don't mean I'm not this creative. That's good. Alrighty, thank you. Thank you for. Well, I might say it's interaction, enjoy this conversation. Thank you for spreading your expertise in this. I've certainly have learned some things. 
Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. No, really, it was a blast. Thank you.